Firemark. I'm your host, Alex Berg. It is April 1st, 2022, and that jam you were hearing right there is this awesome guitar riff by a man named Eric Johnson called Cliffs of Dover, in case you were wondering. So I just wanted to go ahead and get started. We got uh, we had another winner last week, so thanks, thank you guys for playing the trivia. Um, this week is our 10th episode, so in honor of our 10th episode, we're going to be having a $100 Target gift card, so please pay attention to the trivia at the end of the sections. This is a big one, but the trivia is going to be harder, so I'm just warning you in advance. Um, appreciate everyone's feedback. Thank you. Please provide more feedback. Um, you know, you've said before on this podcast, I'm, I'm trying to provide facts and I, I want people to make their own opinions. Uh, I do offer my opinion. I'm not trying to convince you on my way of thinking. I do offer my opinion and perspective. Um, I share my view and I do appreciate your listening. So, but I just wanted to say this one thing with everything that I say, there's an old adage that says that bees don't waste their time trying to convince flies that honey tastes better than shit. So take that for what you will. Anyway, moving on. What we got in the news this week? We have Eric Adams, uh, the new mayor of New York City. Uh, he's, he's as bad as de Blasio, maybe even worse. He has this whole double standard he's facing, letting unvaccinated athletes play while, while first responders still lose their jobs. I saw the president of the Firefighters Union, FDNY, Andrew Ansbro. He spoke out against them, and there's still firefighters that are out of work because they refuse to get the shot. And then the mayor comes out and he says he doesn't consider it a double standard. What an idiot. So, so Kyrie Irving's fine, but the firefighters and the first responders and that protect you, uh, they mean crap? Uh, how, how can a mayor of New York City not support first responders and FDNY after, after 9-11? I mean, this, this is like the center core of first responder stuff in, in, in this country. It's truly disgusting. Then, then he went ahead, this idiot, and he, he appealed the judge's ruling. A judge ruled, Eric Adams ruled that he wanted two to four-year-olds to go ahead and continue wearing masks everywhere in the city, in the classroom, because you can be vaccinated if you're five and above, and if you're two and under, it's not safe to wear a mask. So he said two to four-year-olds is this threatening part of the population, like these, these children are going to take over and infect everybody, and wanted all of them masked, and this judge shot it down, and then he appealed, and the appellate court held up his appeal. So now somehow the kids have to wear these masks until there's a final ruling on it. This is like straight-out child abuse. I mean, there's no other way about it. I mean, this guy is worse than de Blasio. He's been in office three months, and he's worse than de Blasio. It's unbelievable. Uh you know, to like I said before, and, and it's not only the first responders. There's teachers and there's other city employees that are that are unemployed because they're unvaccinated still. And and after case rates are down and everything like that, and you're lifting the ma- mandates in restaurants, and it's just awful. 
Anyway, moving on. I know I don't want to spend a lot of time in this story, but one thing I found interesting, there's this Ginny Thomas, who's the wife of Clarence Thomas, a Supreme Court justice, has been in the in the news a lot about text messages she may or may not have sent. They, the, the left is trying to pin her as, as part of the conspiracy for January 6th and all this other stuff, and I, I don't want to delve too far into that. But one thing that I did want to touch on was their... There was a thing uh, where they said that Ginny Thomas had referenced that, Clar- like, kind of uh, indirectly, that Clarence Thomas was her best friend. And I was listening to m- some left wing shows, and this one guy had called in and said that calling your husband your best friend is inappropriate and weird. And I'm like, what? What planet are these people on? So I had a message for this guy. I want I want him to explain to his wife. That she is not his best friend, and then tell me how many bouquets of flowers that you have to buy to make up for that idiotic comment. Um, this guy's name's Alejandro, so the, the Spanish version of me, the bizarro me, if uh, per se. Um, in fact, I haven't heard from him since he made that comment. So uh, you know, maybe he's knee deep in a separation and too busy moving out his house into an apartment because he he made that stupid comment and his wife got pissed off. I don't know. Anyway, going on with COVID. Uh, they they were approved a fourth booster now. We're continuing with this nonsense. People have COVID fatigue. I've spoken to a lot of people, and people that got the the first two shots and they got the booster. They, they don't want to get a fourth booster. They're they're, they're terrible. Uh, they're they're tired of it. You know, many are not getting it after their first shot. After getting the first three, and then you know, I had uh, Alan on a few weeks ago, and he brought up a good point that you know the vaccine was developed, you know, for the alpha variant. You know, now we're several variants into this thing, and you know, it's clear the vaccine doesn't work on these variants. So, what's the point of getting a fourth shot that's going to protect you from a variant which which has already come and gone? So, and it's the same, the same crap, you know, so this left wing host was talking about like, you got to run out and get your vaccine right away. And, you know, you don't want to get this virus and this and that. I mean, I'm speaking to an audience. I'm sure most people out there have had the virus. I've had the virus. So then they move right into him blaming Trump for it, which this is where I found it's interesting. He talks about how Trump failed in his COVID response, and now there's one million people dead. Forgetting that uh, most of the million people that are dead in the United States happened after Trump left office. But okay, Uh, let's just go ahead and take your numbers there. First of all, one million people is less than one third of one percent, which is of the population of this country, which is that even if you believe all the numbers of the reported deaths, which I do not believe because I know uh, from people who worked in hospitals where cause of death for COVID was fake for people that were in motorcycle accidents and other traumas. But then here's the thing. They forget that Trump is the one that created Operation Warp Speed, which got the vaccine produced altogether. So now the left is talking out of both sides of its mouth and it's laughable. You know, the narrative that they should have been selling is that the vaccine doesn't work, and we have Donald Trump to thank for that because he rushed a vaccine that is not preventing infection or spread of the illness. You know, you you went off and we were like, oh, well, Trump created this vaccine, and, like, Harris and Biden were all like, I'm not taking it because Trump made it, and then as soon as they get in office, like, everybody needs five, six, eight, nine shots. So they pigeonhole themselves into this obvious hypocritical narrative and then dig themselves deeper down this rabbit hole. And that's why they live in Wonderland and the rest of us rational, logical thinkers live in reality. So according to these numbers, I guess your chance of dying in COVID is one in 1,000. So I went ahead and I looked at this information, which I thought was interesting. Your lifetime odds, according to whatever I looked up, and who knows if this is right, but whatever. The lifetime odds of dying in a car crash is one in 107. So... 
According to these numbers, you're 10 times more likely to die in a car crash at some point in your entire lifetime than dying of COVID. Yet people are out there in their cars all the time. In fact, they're wearing masks by themselves in the cars. Maybe they think the mask helps them uh, in the event of an accident. I don't know. But it's ridiculous that if you're going to keep running around in cars where you're 10 times more likely to die than you are of COVID, you need to stop with this narrative. I mean, really. So these same people, him, this this left-wing host, and Fauci and all this, I hear there there's going to be a big COVID spike coming soon in low vaccination states like Florida because they're terrible down there, and Ron DeSantis is terrible. Uh, okay, so it's April 1st today. They said they're gonna, there's going to be a spike within one to two months because this is the way the virus is going. It's like up and down in peaks and valleys. So um, we're going to mark this down, and we're going to revisit this conversation on June 1st, which is two months from today. And see how this comment aged. So I'm just going to leave leave that there. But then they come out, the left, and they say that Republicans want COVID to come back because that's going to make Biden look bad in the midterms. And it's all about the midterm elections. And the left is going to lose the House and the Senate and all the governorship races and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know... Right now, I mean, the Republicans do things wrong, too. They do some idiotic, stupid things, which I'll, which I'll get to. But for Biden, he's doing a great job screwing things up all by himself. He doesn't need COVID to come back to screw things up. You have the gas crisis, his, his failure in Ukraine, the economy, his inability to deliver a coherent speech. You know, he he tells lies and, and, and doubles back on them. And, and he circles back like Jen Circleback Saki. So... I thought it was very interesting, too, and I'm going to give a shout-out to my mom who's been listening to this podcast. She had listened to last week's show, and she was talking about how you know I was saying that Biden is bad and he's a dementia patient and blah, blah, blah. So she said to me, she's like, you know, if you look at Biden's history, he was always like this, talking in circles and doubling back on things. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, if that's true, like Biden's even a bigger moron than I even gave him credit for. <laughs> If he's always been like this, I thought it was just because of his advanced age. But I thought that was an interesting perspective. Um, I, listen, I understand people voting for Biden. I do. I understand the hatred toward Trump. I get it. You know, the, the narcissism and all that other stuff. Uh, but if you ask any so in order to be rational, ask yourself this. Like if you voted for Biden, did you vote for Biden because you really respected the man and what he stood for? And you felt that he could properly lead this country? Or did you vote for him because you didn't want Trump? If you voted for him because you didn't want Trump, I can understand that and I give you a pass. But if you really felt that this man was the the best leader for this country, that was a wasted vote in my opinion. Uh, I, I liked Trump. I like what he did for the country. I know that's very controversial, but that's how I feel. I like what he did for three years. On March 11, 2020, when the pandemic was coming... I felt his response to the pandemic was terrible. He let it take control over him of everything, and then his narcissism got the better of him, and it led to his downfall. But And for Trump, if I had a message to send him, I said, whether you believe the election results or not, I know people say, like, oh, Trump won the election. Okay. Regardless of the fact of that, it's, it's a fact, no matter what, there's millions and millions and millions of people that voted for Joe Biden. And there's millions and millions and millions of people that voted for Joe Biden simply because he wasn't Trump. So if I were Donald Trump, I think about this, even if he had won. There's millions of people that voted for an idiot like Biden rather than vote for you because of your behaviors and your, you know, bad tweets and all this other stuff. And you know, that would really humble me. Like somebody like like Trump should have should have crushed Biden. It shouldn't even have been close. It shouldn't even come down to like a disputed election. <laughs> 
But alas, that's that's what happened. And this is my last point too. The it's so funny they have so they have the Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema or Kristen Cinema whatever her name is you know those two outspoken Democratic uh, senators that uh, have been blocking bills that Biden's been trying to pass. And so now the left likes to call them sellout Democrats because they don't vote on party lines. So here's my thing, though. Isn't that what democracy is all about? The right to vote for what you choose regardless of party affiliation? Or or am I missing something? You know, nobody says that if you're registered to vote as a Democrat in a primary, that that's who you have to choose in the general election. You might want a candidate that doesn't win your primary, and then you're like, well, I like the Republican better than the guy that is coming. So, all right. The parental rights bill in Florida. It's not called Don't Say Gay. It's officially signed in in as law. Uh, A side note, I saw that the Tennessee has legislation right now, not passed yet, but Tennessee has legislation trying to prevent minors to get gender-affirming therapies and hormone treatments without parental consent. How, How are people okay fighting against this like minors are minors for a reason they're not allowed to go ahead and make medical decisions for themselves this is the law this is the way it's always been you need parental consent you want a minor to walk into a doctor's office and said you want to take hormones when you're still developing and the parents are not allowed to know about it i mean what what are you next you're gonna have minors make their own decisions on drugs and alcohol and driving and handguns and all of these other things that we have age restrictions on that you can't be a minor for and in voting, I mean, geez, yeah, let, let's let's have six-year-olds just vote in the next election. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. They'll, they'll understand where the candidates are standing. This is ridiculous. I mean, so I guess we're turning into a world where parents have no rights in regarding their children, in regards to their children, and it's getting younger and younger. And I, I don't know. Maybe at some point they're going to have legislation to give the children autonomy to change their own diapers. You know, that would be nice. That would be relieve some help on, on the parents. So... There's this horrible agency in Florida called Equality Florida, and they filed a lawsuit against the parental rights bill. These people are just hard-up straight pedophiles. I mean, I've said before, you're voting against this bill. Uh, You want to teach kindergarten through third grade about gender identity and sexual orientation. The explanation of the bill, they they have it on their website, and they're like, oh, if you don't know what the bill is about, which is called Don't Say Gay, which it's not called that. They put it on their website. So I went on their website, and I looked at their little video that they shared. They purposely leave out the fact that it's for 5- to 8-year-olds in kindergarten through 3rd grade. Why? Because there's no defense to that. Because if you know you're affecting 5- to 8-year-olds, then you're a pedophile. So when you're explaining it, explain all the details. When you purposely leave out details, that's when you're trying to manipulate people into your way of thinking. You need to have all the facts out there, and then you go ahead and fight your fight. And if you give a, I'll give you your due diligence and and have some valid arguments. But if you don't have any valid arguments, then and and you're leaving out details, I don't want to hear it. Sorry. The then Disney comes out and they want the parental rights bill repealed, but yet they did nothing to protest it as it made its way through the legislation. So is is it now now that it's a bill and it's signed into law by DeSantis, it's just to save face with the L- LGBTQ pedophiles? You know, I, I'm going to keep calling them pedophiles because that's what they are as long as they target kindergarten through third grade. And maybe if we keep saying that and we call them that and we say, okay, groomer and all this other crap, then they'll stop with this BS. You know, but I mean, Disney is losing losing a lot of interest as a lot of people canceling tickets and, and, and everything. And they don't, they don't want to be associated with Disney if they're going to be all woke like this. 
You know, I mean, maybe we should drop the W and just call it Alt Disney from now if they're going to support these pedophiles. It, it's ridiculous. You know, th- these people on the on the left, I heard this left show and then somebody, uh, the left was totally misrepresenting the bill and not talking about kindergarten through third grade and so forth. And then a caller comes in and said, you know, I'm against the bill, but I want to tell you you're wrong and you're misrepresenting the bill. And let me tell you why. The host would not let the caller get two words in edgewise and just kept talking over to him and then hung up on him. You know, and then is fighting uh, uh, against Disney, like supporting Disney in their role here and and that Disney should do their own thing. And he actually suggested this made me laugh out loud that Disney should up and leave Florida because DeSantis is speaking out against Disney and move to another state. Okay, I want to see that. I'm gonna. I, I put that that line in the sand. Okay, Disney, you know what? Go to another state. Go to another state that that doesn't have the benefits that Florida has with the weather and the location and everything like that. You know, but this is obviously coming from this this same idiot who told this story, and this is hilarious. He told this story that he has an elderly mother, and every time he goes to visit his mother, who lives he lives in New York City, and his mom lives in New York City. Every time he goes to visit his mother, he takes a COVID test. To make sure that he doesn't have COVID. Even, of course, they're all vaccinated and whatever. So then he says he went over to his mother's house and he forgot to take a test or he ran out or whatever. So he took a test when he got to his mother's house. So he sat there next to his mother taking a COVID test, waiting to see if he was positive or negative to visit his mother. But he's already there next to her. This this is the mentality of these people. This is the psychotic, obnoxious behavior of these people. And... It, it it just really needs to be pointed out and laughed at because if you're continuing to do stupid things, you need to be pointed out until you stop. And, and I welcome you to ba- back to try to rejoin society at some point. So anyway, that's our current event segment. I uh, appreciate you listening. We got the trivia for this section. Remember the $100 Target gift card. The song at the beginning of this segment is called Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson. So I want to know from you, the question is, what is the geographical significance of the Cliffs of Dover? It's an actual place. So what is the geographical significance of the Cliffs of Dover? That's your trivia question for the current event segment. And we will be right back with sports. Welcome back to the Fire Mark. It is April 1st, 2022. I'm your host, Alex Berg. This is our sports segment for this week. Uh, college basketball tournament that's still fired up. And uh, we got the Sweet 16 down to the Final Four. So it was pretty exciting. Uh, St. Peter's, a small school out of New Jersey, they beat Purdue. Uh, they became the first 15 seed to the Elite Eight. So that was exciting for them. You know, a lot of people were talking about the greatest Cinderella teams in that St. Peter's, you know, since they were the first 15 seed to get to the Elite Eight. But not even close, in my opinion. Uh, you know, there was a couple of years ago, VCU, they went from the first four to the final four. You had Loyola, Chicago made it to the final four. My personal favorite was the uh, 2006 George Mason team that went all the way to the final four, and they beat several Blue Bloods on the way. I mean, I think they beat, like, Michigan State, Kansas, and Connecticut or something like that, if I remember. And and I think Connecticut was the number one team in the country. And they beat them in the Elite Eight. So, I mean, man, you could even throw 85 Nova in there, who actually won the whole tournament as an eight seed, which was the lowest seed ever to win the NCAA championship. Uh, I even th- in, in Florida Gulf Coast in, in 2013, the Dunk City team, 
they were even more flashy and exciting than the St. Peter's team, even though they only made it to the Sweet 16. Um, but, uh, you know, good good on St. Peter's. Uh, you know, can't believe North Carolina made the Final Four as an eight seed. That's crazy. Uh, Gonzaga and Arizona both go down. They, everyone was saying, this is Gonzaga's year. Drew Timmy, all these other... Um, I mean, Arkansas just played a great game and just, just beat them. And then, I mean, you got Duke UNC in the final four that that's crazy. I mean, you couldn't write a better script on coach K's last year, you know, that, that's just must see television. And, uh, I got to give a shout out to my son, Ben, who had Duke and UNC in his bracket just because, uh, our dog's middle name is Duke and he likes going to family trips to North Carolina. So that's why he picked the teams, but he won our family bracket because he picked that. So good on him. Uh, Miami Hurricanes making the Elite Eight, uh, solid season. I just mentioned uh, the George Mason team in 2006. That was coached by Jim Laranega, who coincidentally the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes right now. So um, I think good times are ahead for the Canes basketball program. That was a solid effort for which they've ever gone. And I can't believe North Carolina and Duke have never met in the tournament before. Uh, that is going to be epic. That is must-see television I can't even begin to understand, like, something to compare that. I mean, it's like Army, Army playing Navy for the national championship, and Army's coach has been there for, like, 30 years or something. I, I can't even figure out a way to even make a comparison in another sport. So, uh, anyway, exciting stuff. Uh, for me, I also was following the NIT. I know a lot of people probably weren't because who cares? It's the NIT, the National Invitation Tournament, also stands for Not In Tournament, colloquially. So, um, anyways, people know I'm a, I'm a Xavier Musketeer fan, uh, team out of Cincinnati and they went all the way and last night they, they won it and it was great. Um, it was cool to see that I, th- I had bigger projections. They had a really good team and they just lost a lot of close games and had some injuries and just couldn't get it done. Missing free throws at crucial times. But I wanted to note something that happened in the game was crazy and see if anybody has any feedback, if they've ever seen anything like this. Is the second half of the game. It was a close game. They played Texas A&M all the way to the wire. They ended up winning the game by a point. At 14 minutes to go in the game, there was a phantom foul called against this Adam Kunkel who plays for Xavier. And that was his fourth foul, so they had to take him out of the game. And the replay showed that he didn't even touch the guy. There was actually nobody that really fouled this guy. But since he was going up for a shot and they blew the whistle, they gave... Texas A&M, two free throws. The guy made both free throws, and, of course, they added a foul to the foul total for the team fouls. So two and a half minutes go by. Now it's 11 and a half minutes to go. They stop the game. They review the video, and they look at a different angle that they hadn't seen before, and then they realize that Adam Kunkel never touched the guy. So now they take the foul off, and so Kunkel only has three fouls. So now the coach puts him back in the game because now he's not at so much of a risk of fouling out. And they gave the foul to, like, the next closest player that was standing near the play named Zach Fremantle because they had to give it to somebody because they've already given Texas A&M these two free throws and added it to the score and given the team fouls to Xavier. And I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. They made a bad call. You should have stopped the game right there and got it right. And then not only that, but Adam Kolkel is a good player. You forced the coach to go ahead and take this guy out of the game for two and a half minutes because they thought he had four fouls, and he really didn't. And, I mean, Xavier won anyway, but, I mean, that altered the entire course of the game. And if that happened in an NCAA tournament game, you'd be sure that would be all over SportsCenter. But, I mean, it's an NIT and, like, nobody cares. And nobody. That was absolute horse poopy. So, 
Anyway, uh, that's my rant on that. I don't know if anybody's ever seen anything like that, but if you have, please let me know because ridiculous. Uh, big news this week, uh, Bruce Arians, I guess, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's stepping aside or stepping up or something like that to move, I think, into the front office and not be a head coach anymore. So, um, I mean, he's he's older. I think he's like 67, so that's fine. You know, he won his Super Bowl. Um and he's moving over for Todd Bowles. I mean, the team, the team is pretty well stacked. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Brady and everybody and under the leadership of Todd Bowles and see if it was uh, Bruce Arians making the difference or really just Tom Brady and Gronk and all the other players that they got there. So should be interesting this season. Um, I was listening. I had mentioned before on the news segment, you know, listening to both left and right podcasts and uh, – the left wing has been speaking out lately about the banning of transgender people to complete in, compete in women's sports. And this is should be so offensive to, to everybody, to men and women. So if you're banning transgender people, if you're speaking out against banning transgender people, I should say. So basically you're saying you're against women athletes because now men can just say that they're women and go ahead and compete in women's sport, compete in women's sports. I mean, for so long, women have been competing for equality, and I felt, finally felt like we've reached the point that we're there. And now there's this gay loophole, pun intended, that allows men to compete as women. So, you know, it just drives me crazy. All it takes is one male athlete to just step up and make a statement and end this nonsense. I want to see LeBron James identify as a woman for one season and go dominate the WNBA. I want to see Tiger Woods, whoever the best golfer is now, identify as a woman and go dominate the LPGA. After a few weeks of this, of, of these people competing in these events, they would stop this nonsense and make a, a new rule, and, and you would never hear of this again because it's ludicrous. I mean, especially like in the golf, you know, men can swing in a lot further than, than women can. That's why they have men's tees and women's tees and so forth. You know, you, you throw a male golfer in a women's thing, a woman would never win the event. So it's it, it's so ridiculous. There's a reason why there's there's a divide in the sports because of the anatomy and biology of these people, and you need to stay in your lane. I mean that's that's it. That's my rant. That's how it should be. So anyway, moving on to trivia. Um, I told you a hundred dollar Target gift card. We have three trivia questions, one at the end of each segment. So make sure you answer all three. And that's why the trivia is harder. That's why it's a $100 Target gift card. So your trivia question for the sports segment this week. What team, you have UNC and Duke meeting in the tournament, but what team is the only team in the NCAA to beat both North Carolina and Duke in the same tournament? And what year did that happen in? It's a tough question. So what team is the only team to beat North Carolina and Duke in the same NCAA tournament? And what year did that happen in? So that's your trivia question in our sports segment. I appreciate you listening. And we'll be right back with entertainment. Now this is a story all about how Chris Rock got bitch slapped upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, tell you how it went down live and on air. In West Hollywood, Oscar Knight, Will Smith stepped up to have a fight. It all started with a little joke, but Jada didn't like it, gave Will a poke. Rock made a joke about G.I. Jane, 
Will kind of laughed, but Jada looked insane. Will hit Rock, and went back to his seat. The broadcast was then a series of bleeps. That's when the story really went south, because Will started cursing out of his mouth. Rock started to tell him to just chill, but nothing at this point would settle Will. Rock handled the moment with a lot of grace as he really just wanted out of that place. When look at Jada and her nostrils were flared, so she sent Will to his aunt and uncle in Bel Air. And welcome back to the Fire Mark. Today is Friday, April 1st, 2022. That's my premiere song, and I'm here with Madison. Hi. What do you think of the song? I love it. You are such a creative songwriter. <laughs> like, we need to get you a whole album. I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to be Weird Alex, like a copy of Weird Al. We'll just be Weird <laughs> Alex, you know. Okay, so there. <laughs> um, anyway, so the Oscars were this past weekend... Uh, I know you caught some of it with me. We were watching a little bit together. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy, you know, the, um, I mean, we'll get to the Rocksmith incident in a second, but, you know, they had this whole thing where, uh, I guess you had three hosts. You had Amy Schumer, Regina King, Wanda Sykes, three women, which is fine. And they made this, like, joke over this fake don't say gay bill in Florida. And it's like they didn't even read the bill, like, making fun of this comment. And everybody laughed about it. And I was just like, I don't know. It was, I just felt like it was in poor taste because, you know, I've already stated on this program what my opinion of the bill was. And it's 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 just weird. But, you know, we'll, we'll let that pass because they try to make fun of all this stuff in, in Hollywood. Um they had this segment with uh, that you and I watched where it was just very awkward. Um, I, I can't remember who was. I think it might have been Regina King, and she was saying, like, okay, everybody had to be COVID tested, but some of the tests didn't come back right, so we're going to need a couple people up here. And they got, like, all these good-looking actors like Bradley Cooper and uh, Tyler Perry, right? Mm-hmm. There were, like, four guys. Yeah. And they all came up, and they were like, uh, you got to come back with me for – new covid tests and then she started like patting them down right it was weird and they obviously looked like uncomfortable yeah you You think they were in on it it seemed like they were in on it but like maybe she went a little too far yeah and maybe they weren't like that okay with it but i feel like they would have said something if they were right it was still weird it was it was very strange and nobody because of what happened with the whole will smith thing like Nobody's talking about that, but that was a very awkward part, and it was almost like if you did that to women, like why are you objectifying men yeah. on that? And then, you know, they go into their little rants, like they had this joke about, you know, climate change with Leonardo DiCaprio, and he wants to save the future so that his girlfriends will have a, a earth to live on, like making fun of the fact that he dates much younger women. So everybody takes the Oscars with like a little bit of slack and because it's it's some some ribbing you know it's it's like a roast kind of thing for certain people and um but yeah you know it was very weird that this this gay 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 thing you know i mean i've said before on this show like if you're opposing the 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 if you're supporting the teaching of of this sexual orientation and gender to kindergarten through third grade i mean that's like borderline pedophile behavior it's just disgusting to me so um I, I I didn't like it. It was not appropriate. And then uh, then yeah, the the Rocksmith incident. Um, you know, watched it watched it live with my wife, 
And then, like, it was all, like, chopped up and cut. We're like, what happened here? So I had to go on the internet real quick and find the unedited version from Australia, of all places, which was weird. That's so weird that, like, Australia has it uncensored, but then we don't. Right? And then, not only that, but, like, it's, like, a huge time difference there. So, like, I don't know, was somebody up in the middle of the night watching the Oscars would be like, (laughs) oh, this is cool. Like, I don't know. If I was in Australia, I'd think of better things to do than watch the Oscars. (laughs) Anyway, um... You know, it's it's always wrong to hit somebody. I mean, despite what was said with her with her hair loss, and maybe Chris Rock didn't know, and I I understand all that. But you know, and then there were people that were saying that it was faked, and I'm like, okay, there's no way that was faked, right? And and even if it was faked, to what? Why would you do that? Why would you fake that? Because then you're like condoning that that's okay, and then you're acting about it and making a joke about hitting other yeah. people, and that's almost worse. So like. Somebody can understand in the heat of the moment you got angry and you're a little bit psycho and you need some therapy because you can't control your emotions. But then if you scripted this and pre-planned it, that's, like, worse. Yeah. I feel like he was trying to, like, prove something to Jada because wasn't he laughing at first? Yeah, right, right, yeah. And then he looked over at her and she looked upset and that's when he walked up. So it seemed like he was doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, and you know, I know he's gotten a lot of backlash about it. And people are starting to shy away from him and everything like that. But uh, I think I, he apologized. He apologized, but he apologized like in a written statement. Yeah. Like, like you could just go on TikTok and show a picture of your face, even if it's fake. You're an actor, and be like, "I'm really sorry to the Academy for what I did." And then even at the moment later, yeah. when he won the Academy Award, and he didn't say anything about it. Yeah. And then this crowd, the same crowd that claps at the, the the gay, 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 all these jokes, they give him a standing ovation when five minutes earlier he was hitting up somebody on stage. I don't know what's going on here with this audience yeah. or what message they're sending, but I don't think it's for ratings. You're, you're, you're driving people away. I, you know, if I want to watch a fight, I'll, I'll put pay-per-view on and watch an MMA thing. I don't, I don't want to see Chris Rock and Will Smith in some celebrity death match and... You know, I heard a funny thing, too, that said, like, oh, well, you know, Will Smith did that to Chris Rock because, you know, he made this joke. He's a comedian. But, you know, you look at Will Smith. He's, like, six foot something, and Chris Rock's, like, five foot something. He's a little guy. Uh-huh. be like, if The Rock made that joke, you think Will Smith's going up there and smacking oh, yeah. Rock? No way. Rock could destroy that guy. Right? So, anyway. Yeah. Crazy times. Crazy times. Uh, I don't know if everybody saw the Top Gun 2, Top Gun Maverick trailer came out uh, a few days ago and that looks pretty cool didn't show a lot of stuff i guess we're uh pete mitchell comes back as something to do with Iceman. we got goose's son i don't know looks pretty cool i mean definitely gonna see it there's a lot of hype around it. it might be disappointing we'll see but uh big thing coming out may 27th finally after a long delay so that's exciting and then uh as promised here with maddie um karate kid part three we we got got it in. Um, any thoughts? Um, I mean that was my first time I think watching it all the way through. Okay. And I I liked it. I I think they're all even. All the movies are even, but that one's really cool because it explains more of like with Crease. Mm-hmm. Guy and also like under like finally getting all the stuff that was in Cobra Kai. Yeah. Crease in mm-hmm. that movie, like it all came together and made sense. 
Yes, because, you know, we just reviewed season three of Cobra Kai and it had this backstory about him in Vietnam. And then you learn more about Terry Silver, Mm -hmm. who was his buddy in Vietnam. And then I guess he's like striking it rich with like these weird uh, nuclear, not nuclear waste, but I don't know, toxic waste dumps or something like that. And he's like super loaded and funding Cobra Kai and all this stuff. And then he wants to help Kreese out. So then he pretends to train Daniel and then really makes him evil and... Um, you know, I know Daniel shares that in one of the seasons, I think with Robbie, doesn't he share it where he's like, I used to be in Cobra Kai. You don't want to join Cobra Kai. It's when like he gets more people into Miyagi-Do. Okay. And then they're all like hating on Cobra Kai. He's like, I used to be a Cobra Kai. And they're all like, (gasps) yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So he talks about that. And then, you know, he was a Cobra Kai. Like I, I, I remember he trained there, but I didn't really think he was like full on Cobra Kai. But he was wearing, like, the gi. It had he the cobra was, on the back. Yeah. And, and he was, you know, just fighting for fight's sake. And, you know, was upset at Mr. Miyagi and just screwing everything up. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a co- cool movie. I mean, the basic plot is it's a revenge movie. And this this Terry Silver comes back. He's a friend of Kreese's. Uh, Kreese is down on his luck because he has no students because he, you know, went psycho after Johnny lost the tournament in the first movie. And then... Um, he makes Daniel suffer and then Daniel's trying to open up a bonsai tree with Mr. Miyagi, but then they get harassed by these thugs that are going to beat Daniel in the tournament and they force him to fight in the tournament. Mr. Miyagi finally goes ahead and teaches him. And then Daniel, I don't know, the tournament at the end, they made this whole big thing where Daniel only had to fight in the last match, which was kind of silly, but, um... I mean, it made more sense in this movie, like, because in the first movie, he was getting harassed by all the Cobra Kais, so mm-hmm. they wanted to have him beat all the Cobra Kais on the way to the championship, so that made sense, and in this one, it was really just about the revenge, so they were just like, win a point, lose a point, so he suffers, but then they go to a sudden death, and Daniel's able to go ahead and, and win the match, and uh, it was okay, it was good, it was, I, I, li- I really liked the Terry Silver character, and I liked the yeah. fighting scenes with him, um... So that was pretty cool, and and Miyagi fights has a better fight with Kreese, and and he fights Terry Silver, and somehow he's a sixty five year old man that's like three feet tall, but he <laughs> beats everybody up. It was really funny. I think we were watching the movie, and I was comparing the Miyagi fight with Terry Silver because Terry Silver was dressed all in black and big and tall, and Miyagi was like in this gray outfit. I was like, that's like when when uh, Yoda was fighting Emperor yeah. Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith. That's what it reminded me of, and and I don't know. I Mr. just Miyagi was, does look like Yoda. Yeah, right. He, and he acts kind of like Yoda because yeah. he talks kind of funny. He talks like yeah. a little backwards and and like short words, and I I don't know. I mean, it's pretty funny. Maybe yeah. they modeled Miyagi after Yoda in a way. So I don't know. That's that's an interesting comparison. So wasn't Karate Kid before Star Wars? No, Star Wars came out in... Well, Yoda first made an appearance in Empire Strikes Back, which was in 1980, and Karate Kid came out in 84. So, I mean, Karate Kid was based on a comic from before that, but I don't know... I don't think there was a Mr. Miyagi character in the comic, but I'm not sure. So, so yeah, so, uh, cool Karate Kid 3 wrap-up, and uh, we're we're all set. We're ready to tackle Season Season 4, finally. I know it came out December 31st, and it's April 1st, so we're three months behind, but but we're, we're ready. And we're waiting less. We, we if we watched it all at once when it first came out, we would have had to wait a whole year. Exactly, exactly. So we did it kind of smart, and we we, we yeah. enjoyed our our travel through the world of uh, Cobra Kai here. So, <laughs> anyway, on to trivia. 
We have a $100 gift card now because this is in honor of our 10th episode. Don't forget. So the trivia is harder. So the trivia for our entertainment section has to do with Karate Kid Part 3. In Karate Kid Part 3, Terry Silver is training Daniel, and he gives him the quick silver method. So your trivia question is, what are the three principles of the quick silver method? That is your trivia question for the entertainment section. And we want to thank you for listening to the Fire Mark and celebrating yeah. our 10th episode anniversary. Yep. And uh, any last words? Me. No? No. And, uh, yeah, Maddie will be uh, joining us in future episodes to discuss more Cobra Kai and other stuff going on. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Fire Mark.